<laughs> Somebody give it up for the Elevation Priest of Praise. You can do a little better. Come on, celebrate them today. Hallelujah. Thank you guys for reminding us that we should love nobody but Jesus. But if you're married, you still love your wife, love your husband. But the love for Jesus is different, all right? Yeah, it's a different grade. I said it's a different grade. Is that all right? It's a different grade. It's a different grade. Come on, help me appreciate them one more time. Can you hear me asking neighbor, how was your week? Tell your neighbor, I really mean it. I want to know how was your week. If your neighbor is not talking, look for another neighbor. Yeah, look for another neighbor. Yeah. Make sure you get a response. Because some people are still looking straight like, ah, what do you care? Tell your neighbor, I really care. Yeah. I'm loving Jesus, but it's okay to love you too. Praise God. <laughs> For somebody, you may have come into this service today. Um, maybe you had a very long and pressurized week. Maybe you even came into the service with some kind of burden in your heart, not knowing how you're going to resolve it. Maybe there's a deadline this week. Something has to happen before the end of this month. You know, those kind of seasons where you're sleeping, but you're not sleeping. Yeah, because in your sleep, you're probably seeing the dollar sign or pound sterling sign all of the time because you have a bill to resolve, things like that. I just wanted to know that God is still in the business of caring for you. The Bible says he watches over us affectionately. And sometimes we forget and we allow the pressures of life, you know, to become overbearing to the point where uh, you, 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 you're almost, you know, Choking, not able to breathe well because you just feel this is getting too much. Maybe I should give somebody an opportunity this morning before I go into the world. If you're in that space right now, what the scripture encourages us to do is casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Yeah, and if you know that God really cares about you and cares for you, then you should be able to cast your cares on him. And you shouldn't come into this kind of service and go back, say, carrying that heavy load. So why don't you just... Uh, bow your head, do something, and just speak to God this, this morning. Just speak to him, Lord, I want to cast this thing on you. I want to, I want to drop this, this worry, this anxiety, this burden, this particular burden. I want you to probably mention it, call it what it is, and just say, I, I want to leave it with you because I know you can handle it. 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 Somebody demonstrate your faith in God that you can handle it by talking to him about it right now. That deadline, that bill, that pressure, that issue with that child, that issue at work. Lord, I just want to drop it on you today. I want to cast my cares upon you because I know you care for me. You, you, you really care for me. Uh, and I, I want to uh, engage your presence today, recognizing you as my burden bearer and my way maker. My burden bearer my way maker. Just talk to him about, about that burden right now. Thank you, Father. Lord, we'll bless your name in the precious name of Jesus. And so, Father, we approach your presence today to celebrate your presence in this service. We recognize you as our burden bearer. We ask, Lord, as we drop these burdens, as your people mention things here right now, that your spirit will overshadow every pressure. That you go ahead of us into this new week and make a way where there seems to be no way. Thank you for doors that are opening right now. Thank you for healing flowing right now. Thank you for unusual open heavens this week. And thank you for divine help. Thank you because for someone here, even before the week starts fully tomorrow, some things have been resolved in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Lord, we ask that you breathe upon your word today. Let it minister grace to every hearer. Let no one be the same again. Move over our lives and cause your word to gain entrance into our heart. We thank you for this word. We yield healing, restoration, redemption, 
a mighty deliverance is in the precious name of our Lord and King Jesus we have prayed. Somebody say better. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone joining us online, I want to take distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the teaching and preaching of God's word. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. His word healed them and delivered them from all of their destructions. We know there is power in the word of God. The word of God is potent with latent power to resolve issues of life. So as you engage, engage mindfully, knowing that God uh, is set to do you good in this service. In Jesus' name. Uh, say better amen, somebody. Ask your neighbor for me, are you ready for God's word today? Say, tell your neighbor, say, don't distract me. But enable me to engage the word of God. We start a new teaching series from today that we've titled Matters of the Heart. Matters of the Heart. Or, or let me put it better way, the heart of the matter. So, it's okay at this point for me to say the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. Is that, is that right? Yeah. The heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. In this teaching series, we seek to unfold the importance of the state of your heart for you to be able to master the things around you. We know it's a season where love is in the atmosphere, but the truth is that some people are trying to layer things on their heart that their heart is not able to carry. So somebody uh, uh, may get a proposal, an engagement, or whatever. Somebody, you know, uh, somebody wants to engage romantic relationship, uh, business partnership, all kinds of things this year, and even this season. You're trusting God for it, but we, we want to check the state of the heart that will carry that body that you want to layer on it. Because it's very important. So whatever kind of relationship uh, that you want to look into this season, or whatever stage you are in life, you must come to terms with the fact that the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. What is the state of your heart? Because it, 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 it will, that's what will carry the burden and the load and the pressure that you're trying to put on it. So, some of us have very fantastic goals and things we want to achieve this year. But yet, we're looking away from the state of our heart. This teaching series will unpack uh, uh, what you, how you need to safeguard your heart, how you need to care for your heart consistently, and also the enemies of the heart, and how we should deal with the enemies of the heart so we can keep them at bay. Whether you like it or not, just like there are enemies in life, there are also enemies of the heart. And when your heart is not in a good place, you give room to the enemies of the heart to afflict and inflict pain that will reduce the functionality of your heart. And the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. Let's start out uh, with this first teaching in the series, which I've titled Heart Attacks. Heart Attacks. So many hearts are under attacks right now. All kinds of attack. And some people are not even aware that their hearts are under attack. First Samuel 17, at the valley of Eli, Goliath of God came forth to withstand and defy the army of Israel, the armies of God. And whether you like it or not, Saul and a whole lot of young people, men of war, were ready to defend their God and is, is, is similar to defending the promises of God over your life or defending uh, what God is doing in your life right now. Some of us have the responsibility of defending our families, defending an enterprise, building an enterprise, taking it to the next level, defending a relationship that you believe God brought into your life. Some people are listening to me, young people listening to me right now. You want to walk, walk on this relationship, water it, and take it to the maximum level of marriage. So you have the responsibility of defending it, but you need to understand that whether it will end up in marriage or not, it depends on the state of your heart. There are marriages that are under pressure right now. The only reason why those marriages will not go, you know, bust this year is the state of our heart. If I can walk on the state of my heart, many things that are destroying other things out there will not be able to destroy things around me. So in 1 Samuel 17, 
when you read verse 32, uh, I just want to take that particular verse, uh, and then I'm going to read Mark chapter 4, and unpack the parable of Jesus a little bit, and we'll get into the heart of this matter. But let's start from, from, from 1 Samuel 17. David showed up out of nowhere. Goliath of God had been coming 40 days, harassing the army of God. Saul was of age as a king of Israel. He had training in warfare. He had experience. Sometimes when life happens to you, your experience or your skill may not matter if your heart is failing. When the heart is failing, you forget that you are skillful. <laughs> when the heart is failing, you forget that you've been at this for long. That's why people can be married for 20 years. I'm celebrating 20 years of marriage this year. Uh, uh, people can marry for 20 years, for 25 years, for 30 years, and yet still allow the marriage to go bust. It's not about experience. It's about the state of your heart per time. The certain measure of pressure that when it comes to you, your experience will pave into insignificance if your heart cannot carry the pressure. Is somebody say with me today? David said to Saul, 1 Samuel 17 and verse 32, let no man's heart fail because of him, because of Goliath. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with these Philistines. What Philistine are you facing right now? Is your heart broken? Is your heart failing? David, a man with a strong heart, showed up, speaking. You can imagine a young man who just came to serve his brother's food at the instance of his father, at the war front, in the valley of Elah, speaking to the king of Israel, <laughs> whose heart already failed. Saul practically was peeing in his pants at the sight of Goliath. Saul had the armor which speaks to training and equipment, yet he could not confront Goliath. So it's not about experience only or skill only. All those things are good. But when your heart is in a bad place, you forget that you, are, you have been on this career for 22 years. You feel like throwing in the towel. When your heart is in a bad place, you forget that this marriage has worked for 12 good years. But you will be willing to throw in the towel. The heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. When it comes to it, when push comes to shove, if your heart is not in a good place, things start to drop around you. That's why this message series is very important as we seek to undergird our heart with the word of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, for us to be able to withstand whatever pressure the enemy will bring at this time. And this year will be filled with all kinds of pressure. Yeah. We've said it before, and you can see it, everything in the atmosphere. You need to understand how to prepare your heart for what is coming. So, maybe they know that the Philistines will come and change the game. At the Exponential Conference, I shared about this a bit. Yeah, talking to ministers. The fact that the Philistines will come from time to time and seek to change the rule of the game. When they came, they said, you know what? This is not going to be combatant as usual, where uh, we'll just face each other and be fighting. No. You choose one person from you, we choose one person from us. The, the, the Philistines introduced the celebrity culture, for instance. Yeah. Show us your celebrity. If we knock him out, then we have taken you. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the time we play into their hands. And I'm speaking to somebody here today. You may feel big, but don't feel invincible. You may feel like God has helped you. You may feel like everything around you is working. Everybody falls for it. I was warning pastors not to fall for that. Uh, but you may not be a pastor. Uh, it may just be like you're doing well in commerce or in industry or anything like that. And you're starting to feel like Goliath. <laughs> you feel invincible. What do you think? Why would the Philistines take their life on one person? Sometimes the devil knows our weakness and he knows that one issue is enough. 
just throw that one, one Goliath in. Yeah. One person. They stake their life on one person. We're not going to trouble ourselves fighting you. One person will represent us. You just choose one person. The moment it came to one-on-one, Saul caved in. You know, some people do well in group. <laughs> Put them out of the group and say, it's your battle. Because of the state of their heart. You know, if we're in group, sometimes the aggregation of the state of our hearts can pull us in. But when it comes to one-on-one, that's why some people, you know, in a church like this, everybody's good and they say, hey, what's up? Jesus is reigning and all. When it comes to you, is Jesus reigning in you, you, you? Yeah. Leave elevation alone. Say we're elevated, we're elevated. Yes, we know. But when push comes to shove and it's just you and your Goliath, how are you coping? Yeah. Because the reason why we're together elevated is that our hearts can be elevated individually as well. Yeah. Not just collectively. So don't just, don't, just, don't just hide under the, and this is, I'm even talking elevation, even Christians, some people get to the work, to work, everybody, you know, there are Christians in your office, uh, you know, hey, hey, we are all the brothers in this office, uh, brothers who have heard. But you, you, when it's only you, what is the state of your heart? Very important. Can your heart withstand the pressure? Will you be like Saul who will cave in because his heart failed? David, look at the king. Can you imagine what it takes for a young person to look at a whole king anointed by Samuel, a man whose word does not fall to the ground? Saul was not a mean person, as in he was not an ordinary person. He was anointed for that portfolio. He was chosen, and the Bible says he was head and shoulder tall, higher than every other person in Israel. He had a physique for it, but his heart was failing. His heart was not able to carry it. Man, can I speak to you this morning? You know, it's possible for you to say, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. If your heart is not okay, let us know. It's better to fix it. Yeah, rather than going to cry in the washroom. <laughs> cry where you can get help. It's okay to say I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay for you to pull yourself into the presence of God. And let him help you. It's okay to run to the right people and say, I'm not okay. My heart is in a bad place. Yeah. My heart is in a bad place. Jesus, in, in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 4, tried to describe the different states of our heart to us. Just to break it down a little bit more with a parable of the sower. In the parable of the sower, in, in, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus anchored the parable on two private issues. One is the word of God. The potency of the word of God. That the word doesn't fail. The seed. But also, another private, important, topical issue in the parable of the of the sower is the state of the soil. So Jesus said, if this thing will not work, it's not about the seed, it's about the soil. That's the summary of the parable of the sower. If this thing will not work out, it's not about the seed, it's about the soil. It's not about the seed, it's about the soil. Because the word of God is ever potent, ever solid. Mark chapter 4, the Bible says in, in uh, uh, in verse number two, then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, the sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some fell by the wayside. Somebody say wayside. We come and say with conviction, say wayside. And said the birds of the hair came and devoured it. Verse five, some fell on stony ground. Somebody say stony ground. Where he did not have much hurt. Didn't have much hurt, you know, underneath it, not much soil. And immediately, it sprang up because it had no depth of the heart. So, we have wayside, stony ground, but verse 6, but when the sun was up, it scorched. It was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered. 
Some seed fell among the seven. Some seed fell among thorns. Wayside, stony ground, thorns. The third one. And the thorn grew up and choked it. And it yielded no crop. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number eight, it says, But other seed fell on good ground. Someone say good ground. Say, that's my heart. Say, this year, my heart will be good ground. It will bring forth in different ways. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm going to leave you with a confession very soon that you need to keep confessing all through this series and beyond. And um, we'll put it up, we'll do it together, and then you go with it. Is that okay? Said, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, 60-fold, and a hundred-fold. And then Jesus started to explain this. But I just wanted to, you know, just read this part to you so that you can go back home and read Mark chapter 4 again and again and again. Two pivotal issues. One is the seed. Which Jesus said, this seed is always potent. It's not about the seed. It's about the soil. It's about the soil. What is the state of your heart? It's very important. What is the state of your heart? What is the state of your heart? When you jump to verse 19 and 20, there, uh, uh, in, especially in the, in the personal translation, as a way it was rendered in verse 19 and 20, it, it, it talks about the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire of other things entering and choking the world, and it becomes unfruitful. So something chokes it in our heart. Yeah, but it said the one that has sown on good ground brought forth you know, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Before I go any further, just to be able to explain the, the length and breadth of what we call ground, good ground, in the heart of a man. What, what is my heart? What is the scope of my heart? What do we call the heart? Because if we say heart, heart, as some people say it as the organ that pumps blood. That's the physical heart. But it's also important that we understand the scope of our heart. The human heart is made up of many things. The mind, for instance, which is the center of knowledge, which is very critical to how I interact with this world. You know, we said man is a tripartite being. It's a spirit. He lives in a body and he possesses a soul. And those three things are very important. When a man... It's not okay physically. It affects his functionality physically. When a man's spirit is disconnected from God, he cannot enjoy the life of God. But the most, I mean, one important thing, according to Third John 2, said, Beloved, uh, uh, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper, is that the soul is very functional. Because the heart that we're talking about is at the realm of the soul of man. And we need very functional soul to be able to be extremely functional and productive in this life. So the heart is the mind. I mean, part of it is the mind, the center of knowledge. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you have such evil thought in your heart? Thoughts in your heart. That means the mind where we process thought is part of our heart. Also, the will, which is the decision-making faculty, is part of the heart. The will, the will, how we make decisions. Acts 11 and verse 23, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all, them all that uh, with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. It talks about the purpose of heart. It means that in my heart, my will, my ability to make the right kind of decisions is also part of what makes up my heart. Another thing that makes up the heart is the emotion where we incubate and process feelings. The emotion is the seat of feelings. It's part of my heart. That's where I incubate and process feelings. Part of my heart, and I'll limit it to this last one, which is conscience. Yeah, conscience, my ability 
to process right and wrong based on the voice of my spirit. That's my conscience. Because my conscience would rather, uh, you know, excuse me or accuse me in matters of life and destiny. But I can drag my conscience to the point that my conscience can become tired and just be silent. May your conscience not be silent in matters of destiny. Amen. Or can I say, get a better amen to that? Amen. I said, may your conscience not be silent in matters of destiny. Because it can be very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. That's why Hebrews 10 and 22 says, let us draw near with true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So the heart needs to be, you know, to be sprinkled, excused from evil conscience that is, you know, seared. I'm going to talk about that, you know, also a little bit as we go further. So the matter of the heart is the heart uh, uh, of the matter. And, and scriptures are replete with all kinds of things that describe the state of the human heart. The heart is the fountain of the issues of life. Many things in life are connected with the state of my heart. Just like we describe about Goliath. So whether it is uh, guilt, how I get promotion, you know, whether it's work-life balance, or I want to jackpot, or how I pay my bills, or inner peace, all these things are connected to the state of my heart, the state of my heart, the state of my heart. It's the state of my heart that can handle it. The Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain him in trouble, but a broken spirit who can bear. A broken spirit who can bear everything rise and falls on the state of my heart. The state of my heart. So the heart or the state of my heart is crucial to the productivity of the word of God in my life. That's what Jesus taught in Mark chapter 4. That the state of my heart is crucial to the productivity of the word of God in my life. If I want the word of God to bear fruit in my life, it depends on the state of my heart. This year we have declared as a year of unusual elevation. Some people will experience it. Some people will not. It's not because God lied to us. It's the state of your heart. Can that word find a resting place to grow and bring forth unusual elevation? It's very important. Yeah. Two people will face the same thing. Like Saul and David facing Goliath. One said, Goliath is too big. He's going to kill all of us. Another one said, Goliath is too big. My stone cannot miss him because of the state of his heart. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Because his heart is strong, solid, and knows that the God of the angels' army, the God of the armies of Israel is behind me. So I cannot throw this stone and it won't catch this guy. <laughs> and God is going to put all the force of heaven behind this stone. Sometimes you are left with one stone. But God makes sure that that one stone, he puts his divine efficacy on it to make it deliver to you. But it's the state of the heart that can trust God, that has the word inside that will motivate that action. Are you still with me today? Glory be to Jesus. So the functionality of your heart determines what you attempt. It's a year of unusual elevation, but what are you attempting? Yeah, what are you attempting? What you attempt, determine, I mean, it depends on the state of your heart. If your heart is strong, you attempt, you attempt strong things. If your heart is weak, you'll just be managing. Yeah, you'll just be managing. In physical things also, when they say somebody's heart is weak, when they tell you, don't run. Don't, don't you know, exert yourself. Don't do anything strenuous because you can just collapse. <laughs> In issues of life also, when your heart is weak, don't run. <laughs> yeah, don't run. There's no point. Yeah. But there are many things many of us are supposed to be running for in destiny. But because of the state of the heart, we're sitting, not running. We're sitting, not attempting. We're sitting, not pushing. This is the season of life where you push like never before. Can I get a better amen to that? Yeah. What type of heart am I carrying? Can you hear me ask your neighbor, what type of heart are you carrying? What kind of heart are you carrying? 
Some people are carrying, you know, hearts that are deadened, dead, you know, conscience. Some people are carrying hearts filled with evil, evil thoughts, you know, thoughts of unbelief and all that. That's, that's what some people are carrying all over the place. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 and 35, Jesus looked at some people. He said, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Can I pause here to say to somebody, I'm going to finish reading, but just say to somebody that your heart leaks. <laughs> yes. It can only, it, it will leak whatever is inside it. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When something is full to overflowing abundance, it will be leaking out. So when you curse, don't say, I didn't know how it happened, because that's what is in your heart. It just leaked. Yeah. Your life is colored and tinted by the abundance of what is in your heart. Yeah. Because it leaks. It's full to overflowing, and it will just, you know, it's like when you have liquid in your bag. And the thing, is, the, the thing is leaking. It will leak out from your bag. We can see what is inside from outside. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. So Jesus said here, he said, out of the abundance of the, the, the heart, the mouth speaks. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. When you are seeing yourself Flinging things out of your heart. Don't ask where is this coming from. It is what is there that you are offloading. Yeah. As, as emotional as this may sound, I tell you for free. A bad marriage comes from a bad heart. Yeah. God will not allow you to be tempted more than that which can bear. Yeah. If you keep your heart well, issues will come. Jesus, in one of the Bible, described a story of a house that is built on the rock. He said, the wind will come. This one will come and hit on it vehemently. But it will stand because it's built on the rock. If your heart is in Christ, built on the rock, when things come to you, they come to test the metal, the strength of your heart, not to destroy you. And what is in the heart will come out. So you're facing something. You know, this is Valentine's season. Everybody is trying to be romantic, you know, and all that. Maybe that's the kind of message you're expecting this morning. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because after all the romance, romance built on a bad art is bad romance. Yeah. I saw a lady once who took the car key of a brand new Mercedes and threw it at the man. Said, perish with your gift. You can't be toiling with my heart, treating it like ping pong, playing basketball with my mind, and you use a gift to bribe me. Yeah. A gift cannot repair a bad heart. It takes repentance from dead works. Are you still with me today? Yeah. I know some good gifts will flow this week, but it will flow better when the heart is okay and connected. And it's coming from a good heart, not a bribery and corruption heart. Yeah. So you have not cared about somebody's emotion all this while. You now think it's one bottle of perfume or, or, or one car that would not touch their heart and heal their heart overnight because it's Valentine's Day. Be deceiving yourself. Yeah. When Valentine's is over, we'll still come back to this heart. Yeah. Valentine is coming. <laughs> With your boyfriend. <laughs> Valentine is just one day, ladies and gentlemen. But whatever plagues my heart, it's only Jesus that can handle it. Yeah. Jesus is still healing hearts and redeeming souls. And we need to focus and put the matter where it belongs. So as you get gifts and whatever you get this week, whether you get gifts or not, just make sure that Jesus is healing your heart and is safeguarding your heart. When people around you are uh, getting gifts and posting, some of them are just hypocrites, deceiving themselves. Because after they have opened that gift and celebrated, they will not pack it and throw it away. They'll go back to their trouble. But you social media people, you're on your own. Because that's the only part you see. Yeah. And you think that's all. 
that exists. No, there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. And the, the, the remaining things are issues of the heart. So you cannot look away from a, a, a woman that is crying and all that and walk away, walk away, walk away. And then you just come one day and just put one, one check. Yeah, just write many zeros and drop it. And you think zeros can heal a broken heart? Many zeros cannot heal a broken heart. Except the person is dysfunctional. Yeah, I know some dysfunctional people. Zeros are enough. Yeah. But those people also need to wake up now. Because you'll still come back to it. Yeah. Because real human beings need companionship that is strong, that is dependable, that is trustworthy. Yeah. Needs care and compassion coming from a good heart. Are you still with me today? Very important. Very important. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, will bring out good things. Good things. When the heart is riddled with bad things, then we need not only to clear out the heart, but to also learn to protect the heart. Yeah. Protecting the heart is a crucial, a critical strategy in spiritual warfare. Not just binding the devil. How can I safeguard my heart? Nobody fights a battle like a city without walls. Open to attacks, and yet you are buying more weapons. You need to safeguard yourself first. That's why the scripture says, guard your heart with all diligence. Proverbs 4 and 23, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says, uh, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The thoughts that are predominant in your heart determine the direction of your life. Life goes in the direction of my most dominant thought. My life will go in the direction of my most dominant thought. So my mind is not a garbage dump. Not just any thought coming in and I accommodate it. My life will go in the direction of my most dominant thought. So I need to be choosy and careful about the thought that I allow to enter into my heart. And grace is being released upon somebody today to be more circumspect about the thoughts that you allow into your heart. Glory to Jesus. Protecting our hearts. Some people here, you have, uh, especially if you live here in Nigeria, you may have your personal guard. You may even have security details and all that to protect your life and your asset. But you know the, your greatest asset is your heart. And it's left open for any intruder. Especially now in the advent of you know, digital technology and social media. Anybody can enter your heart at any time. Unfettered access. Yet you are paying a guard to stay at your gate. To protect assets that the heart brought forth. And the heart can bring forth many more. Bigger things. All the physical assets that you have, they came because of the state of your heart. Good things. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings out good things. Jesus said everything is flung out of the heart. A good marriage flung out of the heart. A good business flung out of the heart. We don't protect that. We now protect the things that came out. What about where it's coming from? I'm charging somebody this season. Be willing to invest more to protect your heart. The Bible recommends the shield of faith, for instance, in Ephesians 6 and 16. Above all, it said, get the shield of faith with which you can protect, you know, with which you will be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked one. And was talking about arrows and darts of the wicked one that comes into our heart. Bad thought, evil thought that you need to shield off. You know, it's possible for you to be sleeping on the same bed with somebody, your wife or your husband. And in your heart, you are wishing them dead. Yeah. Evil thought, and you are entertaining it. It will start with small hatred. So I don't even like this person again. All of a sudden, it's like, if, he can, if she can die, she can just die. She should just die. If he can die, let him just die. And then, you know, like that. And it starts to mount up. That's where you see people just kill their spouses. And some of those people are Christians. Who are supposed to have Christ in their lives? 
But because they refuse to protect their heart. See, when you open your heart, the devil does not, he doesn't have scruples. He, he, he will come in fully. It's what you open it to. He will just come in. Give him chance, he's there. You'll be surprised. It shock you. <laughs> like young people will say, when well, you just wake up one day and you have bought poison, rat poison, it shock you. And you'll be asking yourself, am I the one that bought this thing? Yes. That's, you, you think, God will help us. You know, to understand how these things work. When you refuse to protect your heart. See, the devil has a day job. Yeah, it's mudslinging. And throwing all kinds of things into people's hearts. Jesus described it there. The parable of the sower. The sower went about throwing seeds. You think it's only the good sower that's sowing the word? There's also the bad sower that sows anything. Thoughts of fornication and adultery. Yeah. Why don't you just end your life? That's a bad seed of thought of suicide. And that demonic spirit will have a bucket full of seed of suicide. And they will be throwing it. Yeah. If it lands around you where your heart incubated, that's the issue. Because if your heart is sanitized, it rejects and repels evil seeds. But when it is not, it will accommodate just anything. I wanted to say after me, let's take this confession together. And I'll just take one or two more points and close. Say this after me. Say, I have a productive heart. heart. Say, my heart is a field field. that the Lord has best. Say, I have the shield of faith around my heart. My heart is safe and kept by the grace of God. Say, my heart is excellent, sir, for the word of God to be planted. Say, I bring forth my fruit in due season in multiple fold. Say, my heart is protected against the lust of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the cares of this world. Say, my heart is protected against the heat of persecution and the teeth of the planted world. Say, nothing will steal my joy again. Nothing will steal my peace again. Say, my heart is a factory for divine imagination, godly ideas, and only conversations. Can we take that one more time? Say, my heart is a factory for divine ideas, godly ideas, divine imaginations, godly ideas, and holy conversations. Say big amen, somebody. Amen. Glory to Jesus. We're going to put this confession on social media so you can get it, even if you didn't get it here. These are some of the things you should wake up with in the morning and confess this season. As, they, they, as our world gets into deeper trouble, hearts of men will fail. Yeah. And we need to shield our heart with the word of God. So over the next four weeks, we'll consider four major enemies of the heart. Starting from next Sunday. This series uh, will shift your heart to a new level to engage the fullness of the benefit of redemption in your life. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. So you, you, you need to make sure that you, you, you are engaging yeah, consistently. As, we wrap, as I wrap this up today, three keys to keep your heart healthy and strong. In quick succession, one, keep the heart strong by feeding on the word of God. That is like ABC in English language, and it is the ABC of Christianity. The word of God is potent. It must find its way into your heart. It must find its way into your heart consistently. You know, when you want to keep somebody healthy, uh, nutritionists will advise you on what to eat and what not to eat. A healthy diet of the scripture is critical in preventing heart attacks. Yeah. A healthy diet of the scripture is, is, is critical 
Where will you get the healthy diet from this season? You need to come to terms with it. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 4, when the devil came to Jesus, it was a matter of the heart. Tempted him. In verse 4, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And if you stop there, some people can add, just add butter to it. It will be okay. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about nourishment of the body is not enough. That the soul has to be nourished. The spirit has to be nourished. And he said, but by every word. He did not say man shall not live by bread at all. He said man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So it's very important that you and I have a plan to engage the word of God. Are you going to go with a devotional? Yeah, we have a daily devotional that we throw out there on social media every day. It takes a lot for our media team and myself to, to come up with that on a daily basis. And you're a member of this church, you just look away. And you are not engaging even one verse of the scripture. Yet, you engage all kinds of things on social media. You know, you know, the best kids, the ones who are shaking bum bum, all kinds of things. But the word that will build your spirit, that's the one that you, you just scroll past. Just go past it. Go past it. I see something is chasing you. <laughs> Stay on the word. And let it find a place in your heart. Engage it everywhere that is available. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Proverbs chapter 4, uh, from, from verse 20. My, my child, my child, in New Living Translation, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them. You want life in your spirit. You want life in your heart. You want your heart to be strong. Not the one that will fail like the heart of Saul failed when there's serious issue. I mean, I just sense in my spirit right now that people listening to me right here, right now, there are things ahead of you this year. You have already escaped them. But what will, I mean, God has already empowered you to be able to escape them. But if you don't pay attention to your heart and store the word of God up, those things may fall you down, may lead to a crash. Yeah. I, 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 I sent one of my prodigies um, that I just mentor in life and business um, Young man, doing very well. I just realized that we haven't spoken there. I sent him a text. Was it last week? Yeah. I said, Happy New Year. Where have you been? You know, and, that, and he told me, he said, PG, thank you for checking on me. Towards the end of last year, life threw me a curve, you know, ball. I mean, it just looks like everything was going to crash. But thank God I'm still standing. And thank you for your prayers and your encouragement. Yeah. I love it when I hear that. And he said, everything is turning around. And, you know, we should just catch up and talk. I like when I hear that. Not that somebody has been, you know, the business is buried, everything is not working, you know, and not, because one single occurrence and you can't handle it. Yeah. One single thing should not sink your marriage. One bad circumstance, one bad situation should not bury your life's ambition. That will only happen when you pay attention to the word of God. The word of God is your shock absorber. When it's penetrating deeply into your heart, when the devil brings anything on, you are still standing. Can I get a better amen to that? So a healthy diet of the scripture is critical to preventing heart attacks and heart failures. So listening to messages, sermons, you know, that will support and provoke our personal Bible study. Join the Connect group. We're starting new curriculums that you can follow with your group members, ask questions, so you can grow. Don't just wish those things away. Yeah, some of us will join any group, any WhatsApp group. Yeah, just because of anything. Where we went to the same school, or we used to live in the same neighborhood, or this, which WhatsApp group is nourishing your spirit? Yeah. It's okay for you to be in WhatsApp group where they sell you security information. Don't pass Tom Milan Bridge, pass Qatar Bridge, you know, and all, it's okay. But which one is nourishing your spirit? Which one is nourishing your spirit? Glory be to Jesus. 
So, keep, number two, quickly, keep the heart cleansed by the washing of the blood. And I want to just take one minute here to emphasize something. Keeping the heart cleansed is extremely important. Especially in this season where many people have had their heart seared, their conscience seared with hot iron. There is good conscience and bad conscience. And as a believer, you can have bad conscience. Yeah, you can have a bad conscience as a believer. The scripture, I mean, is replete with examples of people with bad conscience. And that's why uh, uh, in the writings of the Apostle Paul in Hebrews chapter 9, when you read verse 14, it says, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Somebody say after me, say, I need my conscience cleansed. Yeah. The functionality of my life depends on how clean my conscience is a lot of the time. Hebrews 10 and verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our body is washed with pure water. So it's possible to have an evil conscience. It's possible to have an evil conscience. It's possible to have an evil conscience. You see, when you can no longer feel certain things again, evil conscience has entered. You know some people right now have gotten used to spending money that is not their own? It's bad conscience. It started with just, you know, Spend small. Take small. Yeah. Your conscience can carry 500K. Just blow it. Your office money. After a while, you graduate to 1 million. You think if you would just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a fraud star. Just go commit fraud. Especially Christians. You know there are Christian fraud stars? Oh, you don't know them? You have not encountered them before? <laughs> I used to be in a church where we actually had to just advise a couple to leave our church. Leave us alone. Yes. I'm serious. Pastors will call a meeting and just advise them to go and look for another church. After recording 10 or so people in the church that they wanted to give the same flat to, they were a real estate agent. In the same church, what kind of conscience is that? You took five people to the same Location and collected rent from them, including agency. Please go and look for another church. <laughs> go and look for another church. This one, we're just trying to help ourselves here. Don't destroy this place. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of conscience is that? I, I'm telling you what happened. Not what I've been. I've been pastoring in this Lagos. This is uh, how many years now? <laughs> I'm going to my maybe 25th year or so now. So I'm, I'm not a small boy in this business again. Yeah, I've seen a lot. <laughs> I've seen a lot. In the same church, somebody came. I, I paid the sister so-and-so and her husband money for this flat. And they collected even agency, 200,000. We were paid 2 million. Another person came. The same. After a service like this, you now gather like five people who have paid the same couple. And the couple, they are workers in church. Jesus. That was what Paul was talking about in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 19. Put it on. Let me quickly do this and I'll close. 1 Timothy 1 and 19. Paul uh, was admonishing in the writing to Timothy. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 19. Having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered a shipwreck. Put it in New Living Translation. New Living Translation. Yeah, New Living Translation very quickly. You know, Paul said, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately, deliberately violated their consciences as a result. Their faith has been shipwrecked. You know that some people post-COVID, pre-COVID, their conscience has been seared. Borderline. COVID just came and helped them. 
Now, you can't find them in church. You can't find them in the faith. They are full-blown unbelievers making a shipwreck of their faith because of matters of conscience and the heart. Paul, in the next verse, now went ahead and Kuku mentioned two names. Sorry, I said Kuku. Mentioned two names. Yeah. <laughs> two names. Yeah. He went ahead and declared two people. And put for 20, quickly. Let God use you. These are names of people. If I'm writing this letter today, will your name be there? Yeah. As an apostle of Arisa, if I'm writing this letter, will your name be there? He said, Emmanuel and Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them to Satan so that they may learn not to blaspheme God. <laughs> Can you ask your neighbor, what is the state of your conscience? Yeah, yeah. You have to allow the blood of Jesus to wash your conscience. To give it life again. The world is becoming very toxic. And it's searing people's consciences like, you know, with hot high on. You see two people living in the same house as husband and wife. The woman has been crying for one month every night. The man just enters his own room and locks the door. He tell you, if you continue to realize, I won't come to this house again. And then leave for one week and comes back again. And just sit down. Look at what is going on. Where's my food? Why is that one like that? Why is that one? And then walk out again. And then go out to go and make all the uh, small girls of big God. Yeah. Let's leave it. <laughs> the journey is long on this series, so I'll leave the rest for... <laughs> we're in with this for the next four weeks. So let, uh, uh, Because a lot is happening around us. People and the matters of conscience. Yeah. You see people, two business partners. Christians. And one is sabotaging the other. And we build this business together. Where is your conscience? Are you going to take the money to heaven? May you not make money that will make them shut the gate of heaven on you. Yeah. yeah. You can't build a business with, this, with a partner and start to shortchange your partner, cut them off, because money is flowing right now. Because of bad conscience. Christians will lie against their business partners just to make more money. Cover something from your partner. We have sharing formula. But you have covered your side so that your own can be more. It's bad conscience. Keep it open. If you need to request for more, request for it openly. That's what makes you a real Christian. And last day today, keep your heart, keep the heart growing by developing the fruit of the Spirit. See, everything I said when you read Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, it speaks to the fruit of the Spirit. If you allow the Holy Spirit to continue to build the fruit of the Spirit in you, when those temptations come, they come for your heart. But because in your heart, self-control is growing, peace is there, joy is there, love is there, it's easy to withstand those things. Yeah. The fruit of the Spirit, let it grow in your heart. 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 Let the Holy Spirit have, you know, the full effect in your life. So that things that God is planting can start to grow like never before. May the Lord touch your home this season. May he touch your business this season. May God guide you this season. May greed not overtake you this season. May hunger not destroy what God is building in your life. May resentment not create a barricade against your destiny. In the name of Jesus, whatever destroys the heart, I decree and declare today that my God saves you from them this season. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody rise on your feet, lift your two hands to Jesus and just ask him, Father, fill my heart afresh with your spirit. Somebody needs to ask, Lord, let the blood of Jesus wash my conscience this season. Somebody, you need to pray. Say, Father, let your life come upon my heart afresh. Let your life come upon my heart afresh. Somebody needs to say, Lord, take this 
this, this stone out of my heart. This stone that is, that is killing the word from germinating in my heart. Whatever it is today, I want you to lift your voice and just speak to him. Speak to him. Speak to him. Speak to him. Just speak to him today. Speak to him today. Speak to him today. Speak to him today. Just talk to God right now. Talk to God right now. He wants to do something new in your heart. As we go into this new series, this series should not leave you the same. The peace of God must take residence in your heart. The hand of God must come upon your conscience. A new you must emerge this season. Talk to God right now. Talk to God right now. He's the one that helps us to overcome temptations. Will you commit yourself into his hand? I say, Father, whatever temptation, big or small, come in my way this season. I receive grace. I receive grace. Help me to feed up on your word. Help me to load up with your word. That I may be able to say like Jesus, it is written. It is written. It is written. I, de- I receive grace upon my heart to be able to incubate the word of God. I receive grace upon my heart to be able to incubate the word of God. Somebody, will you pray and safeguard the crucial relationships in your life? Every relationship that matters for destiny, for life and destiny. Pray divine protection over those relationships right now. My heart will not sabotage my relationships. My heart will not sabotage my relationships. My heart will not sabotage my relationships. Whether it's marriage, whether it's, you know, a business relationship, whatever relationship. Declare today in the name of Jesus, my heart will not sabotage my relationships. Every private relationship in my life, I decree in the name of Jesus, they are protected this season. My heart will not sabotage my relationships. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, everlasting Father. Wave those hands to Him everywhere and just bless Him, everyone online. Let us know that you are there. As you just declare, my heart will not sabotage my relationships. My heart is strong this season. My heart will not fail. And it's protected against attacks in the name of Jesus. So Father, we ask that you cause this word to prosper in every heart. Let our heart be restored. Let a heart of stone return to a heart of flesh. Let grace be released over someone to attend something bigger. Our hearts will no longer fail us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, every stone, tons, and briar, anything covering your word, uh, reducing the efficacy of your word in our heart, we command such pulled out. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you. As love will be celebrated this week, we decree that love will not diminish in our own home and in our own heart. Let it be pure love. Pure love coming out of a good heart. In the precious name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. Still with all this bowed while we're still standing. Can I pray for anyone right here, right now, who may be saying, PG, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Or I give my life to Christ before, but I backslid into sin. Whether you are right in the room or you are online, I want to pray for you right where you are. If you are online, I want you to go to the chat or comment and let us know I want to give my life to Christ or I'm rededicating my life to Christ. If you are right in the room, can I crave your indulgence right now, right where you are? You really want to start afresh with Jesus, to rededicate your life to him. You know if Christ will come right now. You will not hear well done, good and faithful servant, and you want a new beginning with him. Can you lift your right hand above your head? Remain where you are, but just lift your right hand above your head. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that God will start something new in your life. Just lift your right hand above your head, right where you are. Just remain where you are, and I'm going to pray for you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Just remain where you are, on the gallery. If you are lifting your hand, I want you to lift it well to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You will start something new in your life today and you will never be the same again. Remain where you are, but just lift your right hand above your head. Just lift your right hand above your head. Glory to God. I'm still expecting one or two more people to respond to this prayer. God is starting something new 
in your life. God is starting something new in your life. For everyone with your hands lifted, I want to pray for you where you are. The rest of us, can we quietly have our seat so I can pray with the people standing just right where they are. Remain where you are and I'm going to pray for you. Let's just sit quietly. If you are online, please go to the chat or comment and let us know I'm making a decision today to follow Jesus. If your hand is up and you're standing, I want to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins and cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I surrender my life to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior from this point on. Heal my heart. Wash it with your blood. Give me a new beginning with you. Fill my heart with your spirit and empower me to fulfill my destiny. Thank you for accepting me just the way I am. I want you to walk to the heart that is closest to you. 